are listening to the Girls of Alchemy podcast with best-selling author, relationship coach, and all-round good egg, Faye Murray, business consultant and personal coach, Lisa Richards, and me, Natalie, your host, The Unqualified One. Whether you're aspiring for love, wealth, happiness, or just an hour of laughs with three friends, join us here in this podcast where we will promise you laughter, honesty, and inspiration. You are indeed. You are listening to the Girls of Alchemy podcast, the very, very first one. Good evening, ladies. Evening. Good, Good evening. evening. You are joined by myself, Natalie, and apparently I've got absolutely no qualifications. When I went to write it down, um, well, uh, aside from these girls, when I went to write it down, I was like, yes, apparently I can just talk. But that was that was <laughs> on my uh, that was on my school report anyway. Natalie could concentrate if she wanted to, do, but she talks too much. So there we are, <laughs> teachers. Look at me now. Um, so just to give you a little bit of background on the Girls of Alchemy, it is a podcast that the three of us have come together on and the idea behind the name of it is alchemy is the process of turning turning normal metals through to gold it's all about transformation and it's all about um yeah just increasing your worth in something so that is where the idea of the girls of alchemy came from and um, as you know listening to the intro and you do know one of my guests and one of my guests is Faye murray hello Faye. Good evening. Good evening. And as most of you do know, Faye is um, our resident relationship expert and she is coming in every Friday to The Breakfast Show. Um, and we also have Lisa Richards. Good evening, Lisa. Hello. Hello to you both. So what we're going to do is for the next hour, we're going to ask these lovely women some questions <laughs> and just have a good old chat, basically. That is the plan. Um, but first, guys, we've got to introduce you. We've got to get to know you a little bit. It. So, Faye, I'm coming to you first. Can you tell us your background, what you do now and how you got into it? Okay, so I am a relationship coach. I got into that through a dark, doomy period of time. <laughs> Why do you have to sound so dramatic? Dark, true. Story time. Well, that, talking about school, that was my highest grade, was drama. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprisingly. <laughs> but, you know, I started out as a, I would say, a generic coach. I started out as a hypnotherapist and neurolinguistic programmer. Dealing with anything from neurolinguistic programmer, neurolinguistic programmer. Oh, can't say that when you've had a few wines, can you? Oh, neurolinguistic programmer. Speaking of wine, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd promise. Oh some. no, it's five minutes into <laughs> the, the, it's five minutes into the podcast, ladies. Can't start talking about wine or chocolate just yet. So yeah, tell us about your neurolinguistic Neuro programming. Programming. So that is just very much what it says on the tin. If you want to go and Google words, <laughs> <laughs> but it's all very much about, it's just a different form of therapy. It's ways that we learn differently, understand differently, it's about language patterns and basically just ways to break down the subconscious brain, subconscious mind. And I got into all of this really just wanting to go out and save the world as you do when you're younger. And then it materialized into relationship coaching through going through a very, very, very bad breakup as well as having lots of disastrous relationships before that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what a wonderful uh, life you've led then. It was beautiful. If you don't... <laughs> She's such an optimist. I know. <laughs> if, you, if you don't mind as well, because yes. if people haven't listened to you on The Breakfast Show, which you should, why aren't you listening, you terrible people? But if you haven't listened to Faye on The Breakfast Show, can you give us the background on that, basically? Because I think that's really important that they know where you've come from in regards to where you are now of course so I was in a very serious relationship and by serious I mean that relationship where you're looking at buying your house together and all those things and very 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 much in love and one day because I my partner then worked abroad um phoned me up after I dropped him at the airport to go back for the week's work to phone me to say he no longer wanted to be with me wow okay so and he phoned you oh, yes he so, phoned me and what did you say what did you say I think I went through that state of shock and being like oh it's, it's okay I, I can fix this he's just down <laughs> he's just having a bad day yeah he's just he had some turbulence <laughs> or something no, I think honestly I think I went through that beg begging stage that kind of you don't mean this or you only said you love me earlier we can get through anything uh, blah 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 and funnily enough I was speaking about this the other day because someone asked me why I never begged again 
And don't ask me why I'm sharing this with you. And <laughs> well, we're here sharing, yeah, sharing, sharing, alike. Share alike. I phoned my mom afterwards because I didn't tell anyone at first because you obviously want to think that they're going to phone you back up and go, oh, I'm really sorry I didn't mean that because yeah. when you start talking about it, it means that you're admitting it to yourself, which can mm. be really painful. And it was my mum that said to me, you've begged him once, never beg him again. Because if oh, he's, go mum. Yeah. Ooh, what a great advice. Yeah, and it really stayed with me. It really stuck with me that it was almost like something stepped up and went, well, no, I've... I've given all I can give, but that didn't take away from the heartbreak. Mm. And the reason I got so much into relationship coaching was because when I went through that heartbreak, I realised how many few people truly talk about heartbreak. It's very much the get up, get on with it. You'll be all right. There's plenty more fish in the sea. Mm. It's almost like a death, isn't it, in a way? Because this person that's so important to you, all of a sudden you're just not allowed to speak to again. Yeah, Yeah. and it's your dreams. It's everything you have based with that person. I felt like my whole world was just ripped away from me. And also because I never saw him again after that. So I had to sort out all our possessions together. I had to sort out all our finances. But I physically have never, even to this day saw him again and you're watching the rest of your friends in couples get on with things and carry on because usually as well when you're in couples you have a social circle of couples don't you Mm. so you then go to great you just you suddenly just fade just just on your own are you today you'll be okay love just a seat for one (laughs) at the table (laughs) and I think it's also and I've said this before about the Beyonceism. I think people are so yeah you get over it go out for drinks and live a single life and all that type of stuff that's great I always say this until a Sunday afternoon it's the Sunday (laughs) afternoons that just I just can't. You know, you and your dog or you and your cat. And every other night of the week or every other day of the week, I think it's fine. That Sunday afternoon, how do you fill it when you're single, basically? Yeah, and it's just... Get a hobby, Natalie, perhaps. Get a hobby. <laughs> it's, it's that awful, horrible sinking feeling, especially when um, I was my mid-twenties then, which now I look back and go, oh my gosh, I was only in my mid-twenties. But that's when it appears like everyone's settling down. But what everyone does do is go and get straight back on the horse, as they say. But they go for the same sort of guy. They go for that same heartbreaker or that same person that's going to let you down. Mm. Rather than learning from what it is, you just devalue yourself every time and lose your value. Mm. So I very much got into relationship coaching because I wanted to break that pattern. I wanted to learn, one, I didn't want to carry around the bitterness that I see so many people carry around. Like the conversations you hear. All men this, all yeah. men that, all relationships this, all relationships that. Or I didn't want to settle either. I didn't want to change who I was. I, I didn't want to suddenly feel like I had to change. And that's what I felt. Because when you go through a breakup, the person obviously tells you it's all your fault. They're not going to go, well, yeah, do you know what? Actually, <laughs> it was me. Yeah, it's it was all me. Yeah, yeah, it's all me. You're amazing. No, they, they try to justify the reasons why they're doing what they're doing and you take that on board. Of course, because if they were in a great place, they wouldn't have done it in the first place. Yeah. So they normal people don't tend to do stuff like that. <laughs> like normal people in normal like headspaces don't tend to go, I know what I'll do. I'll break up with my long-term girlfriend yeah. over the phone. And like, just disappear and forever. Just <laughs> leave. You know. Yeah, and it's that kind of... I remember this is one of the sayings that got said to me and it is true, but... I hated it at the time. Oh, Faye, well, hurt people hurt people. Oh. Well, that's not kind. <laughs> I don't want hurt people to hurt me. Mm. So it was that learning. But the truth is, if you get with somebody that's got their emotional baggage and you get with someone that isn't at the, in a good place, which a lot of us do because we're just looking for love, then you, they are hurt, they are carrying their baggage and you will end up getting the repercussions of that. So you came at your newfound career basically trying to fix yourself. Well, yeah, fix myself. Figure, and I was figure like, out actually, I'm really good at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's how I come across it. I spent about, it really took me a long time to get over that relationship, probably about 18 months. But it's because I did the actual work to heal and move on from it. I didn't brush it to one side. I didn't kind of go, ah, oh, well... 
I actually moved on from it and that's where the magic lies. It, the magic lies in you learning what you want and setting new standards. Mm. And um, have you had success stories like that you've, people you've worked yes, with? And... even very recently oh. I have a lovely success story from Tamworth and I'm very, very proud of this success story as well because she has been through a lot. There's been divorces involved and things like that which can obviously leave you feeling the grief of a divorce because that's even perhaps huger because you've gone through marriage etc and yeah she has met a guy she's gone through that needing to be with someone faith that throwing herself all in putting jumping with both feet into now finding an amazing amazing guy who just treats her lovely just it it's that learning that it's not about it all being magic rainbows it's the small stuff that makes a difference mm. and knowing what's different to you is different to someone else and now she gets the way she wants to feel is met because she's met this amazing guy on her terms oh success oh. i know lisa's ever they going me <laughs> and on to lisa actually so we uh, we've said before haven't we that you guys are sometimes opposites in your opinions. Um, She's a yin to my yang. And why Why would you say that then? So, Faye, what would you say is your overall outlook on life? I am a realist but positive. <laughs> I always try to. It's the coaching me. I reframe. Yeah. <laughs> so I just very much go with it. It's not that I don't have problems in life. It's just that I choose what I focus on. Okay. So sometimes I will have a hissy fit like a two-year-old if someone's parked in my space and things like that. <laughs> have your moments. I have my moments or a bad parking. But it's... I just mainly focus on what I want, not what I don't want. And I'm very much about taking control of your life so you can get what you want. And Lisa, why are you the arch nemesis to that then? No, I I totally agree with Faye. And I've got a very similar approach. It's just she's all about love and I'm all about money. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's where we have our different approaches. We'd be perfect together if we could merge us. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, that's why we're here. Merge our voices in one (laughs) podcast, basically. So, Lisa, tell us about you then. What What is your background? and where do you, how did you get to sort of where you are and what you're working as right now? Okay, so for me, and the reason I got into business is that I started my career life very successful and had only a short period of time before I had children, but no, no doubt it was a, a good career, getting very well established for my age. And I had uh, three children in a period of four years. And you suddenly find that it's very difficult to then continue that growth of your career as well as raising a family. And I decided that instead of trying to juggle everything and work with that never-ending pressure of, you know, trying to be 100% mom and trying to be 100% career woman, I decided to go freelance and take all the skills I'd learned and continue to develop my skills to do business consultancy. Mm. So... Which is scary as it as it is just to leave something you're going right every I don't know thirty first of the month I get X to all of Absolutely. a sudden going I get nothing if I do nothing it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty scary especially to do that with kids I can't imagine yeah it, it is but I think you know it's kind of for me I've always been the person who sort of jumps off the cliff mm-hmm. so I I don't value security as much as I value freedom and. I think, you know, everybody has those priorities that they go, I I can never imagine being without the security of a job. Well, I I just couldn't imagine living with the guilt of feeling like I was not 100% at anything I was doing. So just kind of being 50% there, 50% here just didn't feel good to me. It didn't sit with me. And actually, I was prepared in those moments to sacrifice the salary and just kind of go, right, I have to jump. And I think as well, having confidence in your abilities, which is one thing I sort of was brought up by my mum with this mantra of you can do anything. You're, you're amazing. You can do anything. I was an only child. Can you tell? <laughs> and, um, and that really served me in those moments because I went, it's fine. I can do this. I don't have to do that. I can actually go here. So went totally freelance into business consultancy. And you sort of start out and you're thinking, oh, my God, where's the money going to come from? Who, you know, you have that self-doubt, which is totally normal of who's going to want to employ me? You know, can I do this? And until you're established, you get a lot of um, going in to see people without any payment initially. Like as in going in and having a chat, going in and having a cup of coffee where that's great. You can't invoice for a cup of coffee. It's, (laughs) It's quite 
difficult in any of those businesses to get started, isn't it? So how did yeah. you really push through that and get to success? Um, do you know, I think you just have to keep going and you have to not sort of get in the mindset of monetizing your hours because I think when you work for somebody else, you know, I work an hour and I take x whatever that is so i work my 38 hours a week and that accumulates to this this paycheck and the mindset you have to take when you work for yourself is that you're not working for hours you're working for long-term goals so you can't think look week one i've worked 60 hours which would be an average week for, for me and my husband as business owners um, you can't say how was that directly turned into a salary because then you'd get really disheartened really quickly. You'd be putting all these hours in and you'd be looking for the financial reward immediately. And it's not always there because you have to take those short-term risks for that long-term gain. So you have to invest time in meeting new clients. You have to invest time improving you know, your skill sets or your abilities because by nature, I think especially in business, everybody's quite cynical and it's very much you have to prove your worth, you you know, everybody can say they do the do, but can you actually do it? Um, and you've just sort of got to throw yourself into it and just keep going. You know, if you are scared to fail, you'll hit that first hurdle and then you'll go, oh, see, I knew I was going to fail. And then you'll just quit and go back to working for somebody else. Mm. And whereas I've kind of always had that, OK, I hit the ground. All right. What did I learn? Why didn't I clear that hurdle? OK. And again, and, and I've just kind of had that relentless stamina just to keep going at stuff when it doesn't feel like it's working. And also, I think that's what you want in a business consultant, isn't it? You, you don't want someone that's like, oh, no, we failed. That's the end of that. <laughs> You're like, oh, OK. All right. I thought, I thought we were just working towards it. You know, you want yeah. that in a, in a person that you're Absolutely. going to invest into, invest in you almost. Tell us about your clients, the clients that you've worked for. Like, do, how do they range sort of big companies, small companies, startups? Yeah. Everything all, in between? Yeah, everything from, you know, one women or one man band startups that come to me with an idea and they have why did my head go to an actual one-man van like i want to start this lisa i've got a passion (laughs) (laughs) okay steven sit down let's talk (laughs) yeah you know from people who have those ideas because there's so many people that and and they're everywhere you'll get into just a conversation with a stranger and they'll go oh i would have really loved to Mm. and it'll be an incredible idea or a business that they were going to set up and you go oh what stopped you i just didn't know where to start so oftentimes people will seek me out in those stages and I'll do kind of an hour sit down with people and, you know, let's just have a chat, scope out your idea. What does it look like? Is it viable? How do you feel about it? You know, have you got the confidence to actually go forward with it? And equally, I've worked with companies that are well established and been going for many years, but then they'll find that they'll sort of stagnate. So. Yeah, because they've got the same people doing the same things and expecting a different result. So Absolutely. they need a bit of external external influence to kind of see where they're going next. Yeah, they, yeah. they need fresh eyes to come in and kind of have that very objective view who doesn't somebody who doesn't have personal connections within the business because it's very difficult you know if you've worked with your boss for 10 years and they've taken very much like a a mother father role or a mentor role and then you think they're doing something that's destructive to the business it's very difficult for people to go actually hands up you know I think you're doing this wrong because people don't take criticism very well Especially when they've been there for a long period of time. Exactly. And if you've built that personal relationship, you almost get overly friendly in your um, business world. And then it becomes very difficult to have those uncomfortable discussions. I'm a little bit brutally honest. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what we were saying. So Faye's going to give you a nice warm hug. And Lisa's going to tell you how awful that hug was. (laughs) basically that's what you're gonna do and I think you know you really need that everybody needs that friend that you know everything I say comes from a place of love and growth you know I want to see people achieve the best in themselves and so if I can see something that you're doing that is destructive to you personally or destructive in your business I am with the kindest. My sister-in-law laughs at me because she says you're like the smiling assassin you say these things but you always have a smile on your face when you do it And it's very much, you know, with absolute love, you are causing this problem to your business or you are causing this lack of growth. And you can do that as an outsider. When you go in, you can look at everything really subjectively and you can say, right, these are the problems. And I've always been very intuitive um, about other people and 
the dynamic of people and how they work together. I started career in sales and did a lot of neurolinguistic programming around that as well. So you sort of understand human psychology. This is when, uh, yeah, our, our little intro there with the unqualified one over here. I've got to like take like an online course or something so I can literally be like, I'm an animal psychologist. <laughs> it says it because I spent three hours online doing it or let, something like that. Let yeah, me get my cat. <laughs> that certificate? I'd love to be an animal, animal psychologist. Yes, that'd be fantastic. How this is going to work then, ladies, is the podcast is uh, built up of four questions. I'm going to put these questions to you and we're just going to have a chat about them pretty much. So question number one, what is neuro... I'm joking. Question question number one is you're both in business, you're both women. Um, How has it changed over the years, over the years that you've been involved in it or even the, you know, mothers and grandmothers gone before? How has it changed Faye over to you I think it's changed I mean I can only talk for my business in the respect this is definitely more Lisa's area but for me what's changed so much is for being a mum as well myself is the power of the internet the power that now we have got unlocked potential with the internet that we can work anywhere in the world literally I hate the word the laptop lifestyle it makes me sound like I said I probably hate it because I haven't got it (laughs) (laughs) hashtag travel lust hashtag wanderlust hashtag laptop lifestyle hashtag sad face (laughs) (laughs) so it's just give us that massive opportunity I think where the difference is that I've personally seen in my own business is it's that now there's a lot more support out there for women than what there was before. There's a not, lot more women cheerleading for women to have the same sort of business level that men have got. And in fact, if anything, but this is only from my personal perception, I think women are leaning more towards like female coaches, like women coaches because mm. or consultants because they've got that balance in themselves. It's not all the hustle that you get from men and do this. It is like that intuitive thing you were saying. They're more in tune with it's not really just about the work it's about what's going on inside of your head and also i don't think that's a negative thing in regards to women leaning on women in regards to men would not men will always go to the man but i would yeah i'd be quite interested to know the statistics basically of of which one they would choose and so that's good that women now are kind of taking that path as well and thinking coming more together they can understand exactly they can understand me a little bit more yeah, so so apart from the internet, um, is there anything else that has drastically changed over the time that you've entered business? No, see, I think it literally is what I just said then because I haven't really seen, before that I was corporate, so I've only been in business, not only, I've been in business about five years now. So mine has mainly come from the change in what I've seen in the support that you can get. Mm. Like I think there's a vast amount of support out there. Mm. I probably should put a little bit of um, a clause in here as well that actually there's a lot of support, but there's a lot of really good coaches out there as well, consultants, because you've got some bad eggs and you've got some good eggs. Yeah. <laughs> as with all. So I think it's it's just really good that we've got that extra support now. And Lisa, what do you think? Women yeah. in business? It's something that I'm hugely passionate about and and just really passionate about supporting more women into business because I think it is scary. I think it's intimidating. I still think it's very male-dominated. And, you know, a lot of uh, women that I meet that are incredibly talented and passionate and gifted still um, live with a lot of fear about stepping into the world of business because of that and they sort of look at the male dominated businesses and think I could never keep up with that I could never compete against that and for me it's it's sort of saying actually you don't have to you can sit in your feminine and in your female business owner power and and establish something that fits you but I think you know we have to look at it in the broader context of Uh, the things that we have to do as women and this frightens a lot of women also because we and we spoke about this you know round table before we have freedom now to set up businesses and we have access to these um this support network but we still very much have to maintain the workload that Um, of the children and and having the children and and raising the children. And there's so many women that I find that are really conflicted between, you know, do I want to invest 
all my time into my business or do I want to invest all my time into my children or can I somehow balance both of them? So I think we've liberated women in one sense, but in another sense, we've almost added two piles of pressure on. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Because yeah. it's sort of, you know, the conversation we've, we've had before is kind of if you want to have children and take a break from your career and be a stay-at-home mom, then you should be supported in that choice. And I've, I've done that in periods of my life as well with three under three-year-olds. You can't possibly pay childcare and work and have all the brain space and energy and everything else to run a business and do justice to, to your children. So I've taken those periods of time and all I heard from people was, oh, you've just decided to clean the house, have you? <laughs> well, actually, no, it's a bigger picture than that. Yeah. I had children, I wanted to raise them, I wanted to actively be at home and enjoying them and, and doing all those things. However, four or five years passes by, the children get a little bit more independent and then, yeah, I actually want something else now. I want to have my business and I want to really devote some time to doing that. And when you're doing that, they're going, oh, at a meeting, are you? Not at the school play. You kind of go, okay, well, so where do I win? You know, how do I win? And that's why I'm so passionate about supporting women in business because we can have it all. We can balance it. We do require support and we have to be comfortable with drawing on support. And we just have to be a little less fearful, have a little bit more faith. So, you know, I want to see leaps and bounds in the next 10 years. Mm. I want to see more female business owners feeling confident enough in themselves to stand up and, and start their own. Do you think there's, um, there's a stigma in people that do want to stay home? and don't want a career because i think there's that again the beyonceism go out and get it and you can have everything mentality independent woman and some people just don't want to and i always feel bad for those people that they're almost considered like lazy people and why aren't you working why aren't you doing that why aren't you doing everything well perhaps they don't want to and they might have a partner that it's they're able not to and they're in they're in that position and that's it and i always i just i don't know i think that's almost come round full circle that the thing people used to idealise as the perfect life is now seen as something that you've sold out for. Yeah, or settled somehow. Settled, yeah. You know, you've just kind of settled for it. And I think, you know, we have to get away as women we have to get away from this obsessive need to judge one another because we're all entitled to do whatever we want it really is that simple and if you feel so passionate about telling somebody else that they should be living a certain way I would suggest that you reflect that energy and enthusiasm back onto your own life and decide actually am I doing what I want to do because we have enough pressure from male you know input media um, just the world around us and actually we need to stop that in internally to the female community and we've got to start supporting each other cho- other's choices no matter what they are mm. yeah see I'm really tunnel visioned with that like we all know my opinion on doing the school run and um, by the way when when we've ever and either of us said we've said this before or you know my yeah. opinion there is a reason behind this and I'm going to admit it I'm going to admit it live on the podcast we <laughs> gathered around this table and we oh, had a no. fantastic <laughs> podcast don't do it pull back <laughs> We had a fantastic podcast one week ago, exactly one week ago to this time. (laughs) And and, uh, we signed off and I pressed right, save, save the podcast. But the podcast was not there to be saved. (laughs) Natalie didn't press play, didn't I? (laughs) Or record. We love her anyway. Oh, oh dear. So if you ever (laughs) hear on this podcast, anyone say, we've chatted about this before. Well, yes, we did at half past seven. By ourselves. A week ago. (laughs) So us three were just sitting around the table, having a bit of a chat, having a bit of a gossip anyway. <laughs> but you were saying that you think you're passionate about there being a stigma for what? For which one? For just, ladies staying at home? No, or? just it, it's being tunnel vision for what you want. Like, I laugh quite often about the playground because you can see when I go and do the school run, you can see the divides. Thankfully, I'm in a place where I'll just walk through the divides. Mm. <laughs> I have no particular whatever you want to do, do what you want to do. That's mm. what life's about. That's where it falls into relationships, anything. It's. When you set the standard for your life, just own that. Mm. Whether you want to be a stay-at-home mum, whether you want to be the career mum, whether you don't want to be a mum. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And that's really important, actually, because that's those discussions yeah, that we so just don't have. Yeah. For, for women to have children. Yeah. Um, if you don't want them, you don't. It's, it's whatever you want for your life. If you mm. want to go and live on a yacht for the rest of your life sailing Oh, yes, the world, please. Absolutely. Go, back, yeah. Can you tell I want a holiday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are you going to make this happen for me, this yacht? Yes, why has no one booked me a holiday yet? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's whatever you want to do. So if you want to stay.
that at home, do we? If you mm. want to bake cakes, that we've laughed about the fact that I always make the birthday cake. Yeah, but <laughs> let, let's just add the caveat to that. She made the birthday cake with a, a cake mix packet. Did she just oh, sell me out? Like I did just did. sell her out. I'm sorry, what did I say? I'm the brutally honest one. There let's we are. Just keep it, it real. It was the first year where I've done that in six years. Well, to make you feel better, for 11 years, for three children, I have gone to Asda. Oh, not Pride. a chance on this planet am I ever cooking a cake or baking a cake or anything so in between. Never. Every year I go, I'm not doing that again. It cost me about £30 in ingredients <laughs> when I could just spend £10 on a cake. Absolutely. <laughs> right, question number two, and I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this one, but you have you can correct me, life coach experience. And there is a lot of life coaches and people talking about uh, mindsets and energies and all these type of things. And it is very American. Would you agree that it is American? And do you think all of it will catch on in the UK? No, I don't think all of it will catch on in the Mm. UK. I'm all for a little bit of American vibe. Those who have heard me talk on the uh, breakfast show will know I, I love my Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. And if anybody hasn't seen Tony Robbins or doesn't know who he is, just YouTube him right now and you'll see why I mean he is the most American person that America has life. ever produced, basically. <laughs> if he was wearing an American flag, he wouldn't be less American. He's just massive, isn't he? He's just huge, huge man. Super American, huge. goes around high-fiving people and dancing on stage. Yeah. Does your English side of you not think oh no Tony no don't do it if it, when I first wake up I can't listen to him no I'm just a bit like give me time it's Tony. too much it's yeah. too early it's too early Tony I love you he's gone in and out as his ice baths by the time you said <laughs> no Tony he's, he's you know he's already made up. an extra million pound by the time I've woke up ain't that true yes <laughs> but yeah I I've been to um unleash unleash the power within and I was even shocked at how I was because although we joke about me being all cuddly don't touch me I'm not a hugger <laughs> and he literally goes right hug the next 10 people you oh. what is my accent hug the next 10 people you we, we see. warned you about that we like, did oh, sorry she wanted to do an impression off air and we were like no, no we're not no. sure <laughs> don't do it she, she dived in for the american yeah. though Go i'm on, out then. the group yeah <laughs> And I'm hugging people. I'm dancing. Oh God, you did, I did it! I don't. I don't know who I was anymore. Were but you I, there by yourself, or did you go with someone else? By myself. And I think mm. I find that easier. I think. I think, I think that's it. And you the forget reason, who you are. The reason why I say that is because I think that if you ever want to watch the Tony Robbins uh, film on Netflix, I've said don't watch it with anybody else because it's a little <laughs> bit embarrassing and I'm not sure why. It's like if someone walks in the room, you're like, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> and I don't know why you're, you're embarrassed about it, but it's that kind of letting go. Nobody knows you to say to you, Faye, well, you're not a hugger. What are you doing? Yeah, why are you touching thing? me? Yeah, so it's quite releasing, I suppose. You also have a very weak high five. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I think... It is very American, Americanized. That's um, not the word. What do you think then, Lisa? Are you high fiving everybody and shouting, ooh, yeah? No, I absolutely no. am not. <laughs> no. And I, I think, you know, for us to really fully benefit from what they're doing out there because the message i i'm in total agreement of but we're talking about its delivery the realism and, and yeah if we bring that over to the kind of british slightly kind of reserved and awkward sort of we you know we don't we don't really talk about positivity too much because that's all a bit airy fairy i think what we have to do is take the message and we have to bring it to a british audience and that's kind of why we're doing what we're yeah. doing because having Having people that live over here understand how life is, understand our mannerisms. Um, you know, are we fully going to adopt it and start having people dancing around the room at the ne- next workshop we That's do? That's what we're going to do at the next podcast, I'm everyone. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure dancing it's going to catch on. Back to the car. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, for the British sensibilities, it's because it's almost that if you're confident in yourself or if you believe that you can do well in you're business or you yeah or you think that no yeah. i do deserve a good relationship mm-hmm. yeah. is that in vain yeah is that being vain or is that being um yeah egotistical mm. it's it's that kind of you shouldn't ever shout about yourself in england basically yeah. it's just not totally. british and we really have to get over that because mm. that is something that really affects people in business because it's almost the the bed of where self doubt and where that grows from because it's sort of trained out of us if you like at a young age and actually you know 
when I'll sit with people, I'll just tell them how fabulous I am and I can see them cringing in their seat and I'm just going, I'm actually a brilliant saleswoman. I'm I'm absolutely fabulous at solving problems and growing businesses and that you know, you can just see them die a little bit inside and I'm going, Yeah, but now now you like tell me something good about you and actually the that is the biggest wall that I find that I um, meet with anybody is they find it really difficult to talk about themselves and sell themselves. Being unapologetic about who they are. Yeah, they're but just, it's... they don't, don't look at me. I might be good at this sometimes or, you know, it's this, they really shy away from owning what they're great at and, and just feeling good about themselves. So I think we have to understand how the Brits are. We have to help coach them to the right mindset, but we've got to do it in a way that we don't say, come on, guys, do positive affirmations in the mirror every yeah. morning. Like, really? Like, then just, it doesn't work. It doesn't and work also, I think sometimes when it's too American, when we hit that brick wall or something goes wrong, then that's how we get deflated easier rather than the realism that no relationship is perfect. Mm. No business is perfect. You will hit those bumps in the road. It's what you do when you hit the bumps in the road, no matter what it is in life that you are trying mm. to achieve. Yeah, mm. well, That's I, very deep. I agree. Well, Tony Robbins' life is perfect. It looks like yeah. it from the outside, doesn't it? Although <laughs> I was listening to one of his podcasts, actually, and he was saying that sometimes when he leaves the Tony Robbins guy at home and does sometimes have, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of being a little bit low, low basically. A little bit average. Yeah, a little yeah. bit average, basically, <laughs> and not like superhero yeah. and a little bit low. And I think that's even nice to hear of yeah. someone like him, that everybody has their ups and downs in relationships, in business. Mm. It doesn't mean you're bad at it no. or doesn't mean that that's the end of it. It's wrong relationship onto the next type of thing. Yeah, and, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be too quick to quit on yourself. And I think, you know, that applies to relationships, 100%. that applies to business. You, you can't expect and again this is why I draw I sort of come away from that American kind of positivity everything's amazing and wonderful well you know there's a bit of balance to be had there because you know we've got got to be honest about those days where actually it's really difficult it's really difficult and it's about stamina for me more than positivity it's about knowing where you're going setting a goal and being relentlessly determined to get there even on the days where it doesn't feel like you're making progress or you don't feel super optimistic and super positive it's you know it's that analogy of the gym you're going to go once and then expect to see a result well actually that's not how it I works I was checking for abs literally like day two yeah. is there an ab I can see an ab I've definitely done two squats here. <laughs> Although well, then I feel like I can't walk down the stairs. And I'm like, how is everyone else doing loads of loads of squats anyway? But yeah, I think it's your standards as well, though, isn't it? For me, it's what you set your standards for. And I think sometimes with the way Facebook just has a show reel of like everyone having this amazing life, I think especially in relationships, we can almost set, and it's it's not that you're setting your standard too high, it's your expectations. Mm. So people hit a small bump. And it's like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. End of, no, yeah. No, yeah, no yeah, yeah. it's not for me. Yeah. I've changed my mind. Or the, the man doing that. Mm. And it's what makes a beautiful relationship is understanding that you have to keep looking after and tending to the garden, let's mm. say. Don't ask me where that come from. That was awful. But you have to look after what is yours and yeah. nurture it and keep going with it. A business is the same. Anything mm. you want is exactly the same. So I think the only thing comes from is sometimes the expectation for things to be perfect is far too high right question number three and because this is the get to know you podcast get to know you guys so then on the next podcast we can talk all things and people know where you're coming from basically and it is a bit of a personal one and it's the question of if if this was a chapter in your in a book of your life what would the chapter be called and I say this not knowing what I would be called at all, so please don't ask me. But if um, if this is a chapter oh, of your life, what would it be called, Faye? See, I'm stumbling on this one today. Maybe it's tiredness. Who knows? Is that, the, think, is that the chapter name? It's tiredness. <laughs> Just exhaustion. It's, it's been enough. a long road. It's <laughs> a pretty long chapter name, that is, isn't it? I'm stumbling on this one. Maybe it's exhaust <laughs> or exhaustion. <laughs> I think it would probably be the growth factor would be my next one. I have come, I think everywhere along the journey, there becomes a new period of growth. And that's how, it's not perfection, it's setting the next level. And for me now, I couldn't, 2018 was such an amazing year, especially in my love life. It was so amazing. It showed that all the work I'd put in was paid off. And I got that amazing relationship and family that I wanted. 
but this shows about the growth it's the growth of sharing with other people what that is sharing the reality of how you get that relationship you want without the corniness because you haven't said actually and as yeah. I said I know everybody will know if you do listen to the breakfast show but you've you've taken us through that you went through really bad heartbreak and that's what led you to your career yeah. but are you single living in living in I don't know like by yourself or do are you in a relationship living my single life yes. <laughs> are you beyond no. saying it do you know I did actually have an amazing single life though and that's what made the difference I had I got to a stage where I didn't need to be with somebody. I wanted to be with somebody if it was the right person, but I was willing to pick and choose what I wanted. And yes, I am in a genuinely fabulous relationship. And the reason I talk about that is because I love him regardless that sometimes he drives me crazy. Oh, yes, they drive yes. me loopy. Mm. That sometimes I want to put him in the boot for the night. <laughs> so, but you definitely can't say that on air. No. Awkward. Disclaimer. Sorry, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. People, Please people, don't put your partner in the boot. As people start tapping my boot, are you okay, Pete? <laughs> are you in there? So it would be. It's the tapping coming out of the boot that yeah. people have got to worry about. Yeah. If there's tapping coming out my boot, the words will be had. I've told you. <laughs> it's quiet time. <laughs> I have. I, I genuinely have an amazing partner who I adore, who ticks all the things on my list, but also loves me for who I am, including my imperfections, because I like to think I'm generally very perfect. <laughs> but I do have the odd accent problem. And <laughs> God, that's the truth. The odd what, the odd what pro- problem? Accent. Accent? Or impression? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, impression. I was going for accent like I was some kind of... I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to move on. Walk away, thank you. Yeah, Walk away. Pull back. So you've got both. So your, your title of your chapter would be growth. Yeah, it yeah. would be getting to the next level. Lisa, you've had a very long time to think about this. We're, we're expecting rainbows and all yeah. sorts. Oh, don't. I've gone into like complete sedate brain switch <laughs> off at the moment. No, like for me, I think, you know, it's funny that Faye just mentioned perfectionism and our obsession with it. And for many years, I've been completely obsessed with perfectionism. And through my 20s, it it was the bane of my life and, and trying to achieve it and being completely obsessive about failure and, and how it impacted me and my business. And like Faye, I've also learned how to cope with that, learned how to strategize and use that to a strength. And um, so for me, it's actually about a year, the year of honesty and telling everybody, okay, you know, you might have watched me through my 20s and it might have looked pretty perfect. I tried very hard to keep that facade. Um, but it's time to kind of lift the curtains now and be honest and have these uncomfortable discussions where we say, yeah, it's not all that rosy all the time. It's quite difficult. It's quite challenging. You know, I've suffered with anxiety over the years to, you know, absolutely breaking um, levels. And we've just got to start talking about it. So I've kind of got to a place where I'm so comfortable in myself that I want to speak my truth and hopefully help other people speak theirs and set themselves free from the the need to keep this perfect facade for the outside world to see. So that that's me. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting on you both. And obviously, the last question is, and I was just about to say, obviously, we have started a brand new podcast. And each of us, each of our reasons will be different to why we wanted to start this podcast. But after after doing it for a few weeks, what would you like to get out of it? What would you like the people listening to take from the podcast? I'm going to go to you, Lisa. I would love them to find a level of comfort in their own skin. I would love them to listen to us and think, God, I felt like that once. And it somehow alleviate the pressure that they might be putting themselves under, whether it's in a relationship, trying to develop a business, just trying to function on a day-to-day basis, which, you know, we underestimate. It's pretty challenging. And, you know, if we can reach out to as many listeners as possible and have them share it with as many listeners as possible, and if we can support each other and just make each other feel a bit more you know, okay and a bit more normal and a bit more accepted, then, you know, that would be the absolute um, goal for me. Absolute goal. Because I'm just going to throw one in there just before we finish as well. Um, 
in regards to you you mentioned social media yeah. and it being a really great tool or the internet being a really great tool in women and people's lives today but do you think it adds to the fact that people aren't happy in their own skin aren't happy with what they're doing because they can see all this perfect wonderful world going on around them mm. and um how do you think apart from cutting off all social media you can stop that I think it's learning, again, it's what you want. See, I've had people say to me, oh, but look, Faye, you've, you've got it so easy now, especially the people who don't know my journey, don't know that I've been a sole single parent, don't know about the heartbreak, don't know about all those things, that it's easy to look, especially, I mean, on my personal Facebook, anything can just see the good stuff. Mm. So, But the difference is I choose not to go on and share all the really bad stuff now because I don't necessarily need people's negative feedback. I have my circle of people I trust, those people that I know I can go to that will call me out as well because sometimes I need calling out. Sometimes you need people to go, I think you're overreacting here or I think that you're not seeing it from the other person's point of view. So I think with social media, one, I am very... Because I think it can be really negative as well. I think it can have the really kind of life so amazing or you can have like 20 people in a row moaning about the weather. Mm. (laughs) I'm very, very unapologetic about what I look at on Facebook or any Mm. form of social media. I keep it to what I want to look at because I like humour. Anything that's delivered, and that's what I want from this as well, is anything that's delivered, I'd like it to have a sense of humour with it. Mm. I also think that's the problem almost with social media in a way, is that... Um, our brain, our brain is like the old school brain, isn't it? Back in caveman days, the going out foraging, and we, we haven't really developed much apart from that. No. And yet now we're supposed to contend with flicking through Instagram. One minute you're like, "Oh, that's hilarious." Next minute you're like, "Oh my god, that's really sad." Next minute you're like, "Oh, I'm a little bit indifferent." Next minute you're like, "Oh, I've learned something." In what other scenario would you feel that many emotions? Yeah, I see a cat being tortured and it's terrible, and then I'm laughing at something else and. It's really, really hard for your brain, I think. And you kind of forget that your brain isn't always yourself, as in you've got your conscious mind of which you're speaking, but your brain ticking over of which you dream and all sorts is taking all of this information in. Mm -hmm. And then you're expected not to be anxious or expected not to be overwhelmed by it. And children and social media, would would you introduce introduce kids to it or do you think uh, they're going to need a whole level of it i heard something interesting the other day that said we produce more content in two days now than we ever had and have in the whole of history oh i can believe that and you know i i have three kids so their ages between eight and eleven uh, they have youtube channels they have instagram accounts they're not they don't access them they are managed by myself and my husband but my husband and I have worked in the entertainment industry for many years and so we educate them and I think they get it and this is one thing that I want to say to everybody about social media is when you sit and you watch a movie you just take it as a movie and you leave please when you look at social media know that it is curated for social media it is staged it is delivered to present to you the image of perfection but really understand when you browse through it and the the disconnect between reality and what is is staged because you know you you have to you should be able to look at it and have almost like a distant relationship with it much like you do with the tv or you know you can watch eastenders you you can kind of go oh yeah this is what it is i accept it it's a soap opera it's been delivered for me please maintain that filter those put those glasses on when you look at social media please don't think that you are looking into people's real lives because nine times out of ten you're not you're looking at images and content that's been delivered to get a reaction or delivered to make you you know feel a certain way and I think if you can look at it with that perspective you can disjoint yourself from it and say I know this is just for this moment. Like, look I'm at seeing that a moment. Gorgeous photo of that woman, and then realise there's some Instagram husband having to like lie on the floor to right. get a shot. <laughs> exactly. Just to remember exactly. that. And it's the same as relationships. We see so many, especially when we're single, because you kind of get what you're focusing on. You, sorry, you, what you're not lacking, you're looking for, kind of thing. You see so many of the perfect relationships. There is so many, 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 many unhappy relationships out there that you don't know about. Mm. There is a lot of people that you are seeing with their happy, lovely lives that perhaps won't be together in two years' time. So it's focusing on and remembering to keep it real. I really liked what you said, and it's like that disconnection. 
Yeah. It's the same as the filters. Like when we look through into I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a fan of a filter. Oh, I love a filter. Yeah. I love a filter. God, I'm, like, love yeah, a I'm filter. not going to lie about it. Was it Valencia? Valencia is the one, everyone. <laughs> Try out Valencia. You look fantastic. <laughs> Clearly not using that one. <laughs> but it's just remembering it. Just, it is what it is, isn't it? It's yeah. just a filter. And life, real life, real fun life isn't about the filters. Mm. Yeah. I found myself being slightly resentful of people as well, having conversations with them off social media almost in in person then being like oh this is terrible that's terrible this is bad and then two minutes later seeing a post from them my world and a photo of them hashtag and their bless yeah hashtag bless <laughs> and a photo of them and their partner that they've just been moaning about for yeah. an hour. and you just think yeah. I get it swings and roundabouts but it, it, it does make you slightly resentful of people and yeah. think, well, you're lying. Like, because they add to the problem and that's why I keep banging on about honesty, you know, because it's just really important. It's really important that we don't show people just the great bits. You know, I could do... I remember having my first child, you know, yeah, I had the beautiful nursery and, oh, look, he's all in a beautiful outfit and you get the moment mm. then the baby vomits, you know, the, the crib falls apart, <laughs> you, you know, you're breastfeeding all night. And then you're, but you're showing all of those new mothers this moment. Look at this moment when I had my expletive together. Mm. Look at it. And then they compare that to the, their everyday. You cannot maintain that level of delivered perfection. You know, it just isn't real. I was just about to bring up the mum thing because it is, it's totally that when you've got a young, t- oh, mine walked at nine months. <laughs> oh, I hated it when mine started walking. I had to put stair gates off. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Mine did a degree at six months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same with anything, isn't it? You never put up a photo of yourself when you feel a little bit awful or a little bit no. o- like chubby or you mm. don't think I'm going to stick that one up because it's truthful. Yeah. yeah. Let's be a bit honest today <laughs> on Instagram. Shall no, we? I'm going to scroll back six months and get the one where I was thin. That one. I will use, uh, to use Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But then, as you said, I don't think there's a problem with that. But I equally think, as you said, that if the viewer is taking it with a pinch of salt, mm. and I think that movie analogy is a really good one, you wouldn't watch Fast and the Furious and think, I'm going to drive to work like that tomorrow <laughs> underneath the lorry and, <laughs> yeah, exactly you, you just you have Drifting. to accept it have to accept it for what it is and um and yeah just you know all, all these fabulous women that are putting themselves out there all these body positivity um instagram accounts and you know look at them support them you know they're real women prepared to air everything you know and and deal with all the trolls that come with it um but we've got to support them to give a bit of a different sided view to social media so it's not just perfection 100 percent. and Faye to finish off then what would you like for people to take from this podcast what I would like for people to take from this is just the real talk to be able to contact and get their questions answered if they have questions for us so they can get the changes that they want but with the realism and the fun about it because it doesn't have to be all serious we seem to think as especially as British people that for change there has to be seriousness or mm, hard work to, hard work and a degree difficulty <laughs> yeah it's got to be hardship and no I'm not saying that sometimes on my journey there hasn't been days where I don't even want to get out of bed it's been that hard but what's got me through most of it is learning to laugh at stuff it's learning not to sweat the small stuff and I think we can get so like you were saying with the way our brains work we program to look for danger. So we start sweating about the small stuff. Mm. So I want people to learn to lighten up a little bit in a way that feels good to them and learn to go after what they want in a way where they feel confident to do so, not worrying, because that's the big one, not worrying what other people think. Mm. I agree. Definitely. My thing from it, I think, from the podcast would be that people feel listening to it that they are the fourth member sitting at the table and that they they feel involved and welcome. And as you said, even involved in the chat yeah. is definitely a two-way thing and you can put it out to Faye and Lisa on social media and ask questions because it's an amazing opportunity to ask you guys questions and to hold you captive in this room for an hour. So you have been listening to the Girls of Alchemy podcast. We will be doing it once every second week when Natalie learns how to press the record button. We do hope you've enjoyed it and we will see you again this time two weeks on Monday. Bye guys.